Pontoonians, what are we all saying? Welcome to today's episode. We will be talking about eating and drinking out in London. Uh, my name is Dario. My name is Bill. And my name is Axel. Wagwan. Axel is our guest today. Uh, Axel is a chef in London. So obviously the view from the other side of the world of the restaurant will be nice as well. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself. Well, thank you for having me first. I'm really happy to join the podcast today. Uh, well, I've been working in the industry for like about 11 years, something like this. I've been a chef. I'm now sous chef in a Madison restaurant in St. Paul's. And yeah, that's pretty much all about me. Sick. All right. How long have you been in London? I've been there for seven years now. Mm. How long have you been in London? Seven years. Oh, you've been in London seven years? Uh, London seven years, yeah. And uh, hospitality, I mean, I've been working as a chef since, yeah. How old were you? 11 years. I'm 29. No, how old were you when you started? Oh, uh, 17. Oh, wow. Oh, 12 yeah. years, yeah. It's 12, yeah. yeah. You still enjoying it? I'm still enjoying it, to be honest, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. Very nice. Well, that's the job you need to be passionate about, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. In the industry, yeah. If you don't like it, you can't do it. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. So, uh, news. So, obviously, everyone is aware, you know, the North London, the North London, North, uh, North East, back into pretty much a lockdown. Curfew, 10 o'clock, pubs, bars, restaurants, all closed at 10 now. It's crazy, isn't it? Wow. Do you think this 10 pm curfew is going to help much? No. You have to stop the people going out in the first place if you want to break it down. Well, this is what we were thinking. But they're not going to do it because uh, this country needs to make money to feed, you know, the fat people. Fingers crossed it won't be that serious this time. And fingers crossed it won't go too far south towards us. Oh, it will. Well, yeah, we know it probably will, but... I was reading somewhere London seems to have, like, the most percentage of people who have a natural antibody against the COVID in London, London, yeah. What's your source for that? I can't remember. I was reading the news somewhere. There's so many bullshit news that you see lying Mm. around. You don't know what's true, what's not. Yeah, of course, of course. Trust no one, hate everyone, people. Number one rule in life. You what? It's all, trust no one, hate everyone. You're talking about a pandemic and you're saying trust no one, hate everyone. Would you trust the government? Look at the great job they've done. Man like Bojo. Man like Bojo. Taking a U-turn on Brexit, it's all over the place. Yep. Um, what else is on this northeast lockdown? Yeah, so... New measures include meeting people outside your household or support bubble in private homes and garden is now banned. Exemptions include attending birth, visiting someone who is dying, work, education, registered childcare, emergency or care, moving house or child contact arrangements. There's quite a few on the list. Yeah. Schools, colleges and universities to remain open. Holidays are permitted, but only with members of your household or your support. But what if that just defeats your object? Yeah, exactly. This is the thing. It's lockdown, but it's not a lockdown, but it's, yeah. it is a lockdown. Arms, restaurants, cafes and table service. Oh, to be table service only. And all leisure venues must be shut at 10 o'clock. I don't think that's going to change much because I think in this situation and day, everyone is sort of going home early you know what I mean they're not staying yeah. out at all late I mean are you getting a lot of late night diners and drinkers where you are we do but like <clears throat> now we're closing at 10 o'clock like they actually for drinks like they, the, the last like orders like half nine or something so everyone out to be out by 10 oh wow yeah. is it working it does I mean like now no one's complaining no one's trying to stick there's around there's some complaints anywhere but like no. this is the rules and that's what it is yeah. yeah travel outside the area is permitted 
that visiting other another home or garden is not. So basically, it's what was happening before, isn't it? Mm. What else you got on there? Residents should only use public transport for essential purposes, such as going to school or work. So it's basically what was happening before. Yeah. Schools and universities are staying open. Well, the thing is, kids uh, kids don't know any better. No, they don't. They're going to spread. That might be a friend of mine back home, mm. like her son went back to school like school open like two weeks ago. Went back to school first week, case of corona, and they, sh- they shut the shut the school. Where's yeah. home? France, back home. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean my my sister's a teacher, and she was saying like if if one of the teachers gets COVID, that entire class cannot come into school. That makes sense. That makes sense. But then all the other teachers who have been in contact with said teacher. Do you have to send them home as well, or? Is the school? Are the teachers mixing with each other, or is it they go straight into their class and stay there? Well, I would assume that they would just stay there, but surely the, the other teachers should would come in contact with each other. You would assume that, you know. Yeah, but then maybe with this, it's like everything's probably over email or video, even if they're in the next classroom because of COVID. You've got to stay in your bubble, which is obviously your your students mm. and your classroom. But who knows? We'll see. What is next on your news list? Um, so for those of you who've been following the news, uh, the dreadful thing that's been happening on Strictly and Britain's Got Talent, obviously, you know, I'm a big fan of, you know, TV. I love TV shows. I think they're great. You do, don't Nothing you? is better than reality TV. It's the best thing in the world. Max or did Dario tell you that he does like a bit of Love Island? I've never watched it in my life. <laughs> and he likes Big Bro. I've What's never watched I've watched a few episodes actually, but I just, I just don't get reality. I love it. Why don't you start watching it? He loves it. His favourite one he said is Geordie Shaw. But if you've ever <laughs> heard of it. I've heard of it, yeah. yeah. He loves it, he can't get enough of it. Yeah. Oh, I've, it's so good. Uh, yeah, so strictly uh, we have uh, two same sex. We have a same-sex pairing and the BBC are getting just a ton of complaints. Well, for me, I think that's outrageous because in this day and age, more and more same-sex activities and so on are happening more and more. Yeah. Um, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with it. Like. Yeah. I don't particularly watch these shows, but I don't, I don't think it would put me off. I don't, I don't see... It's, it's supposed to be about dancing. But this is it. Why does it matter if it's two women, two guys? The world is full of Karens. It just doesn't make sense. The world is full of Karens. And then obviously with Britain's Got Talent, you've got Diversity, who won it like many years ago. Many a moon ago. And uh, they did a dance about the Black Lives Matter and um, Ofcom. They got more than 24,000 complaints. And it was a controversial performance of... Uh, well, they claim, the complaints complain about that fact that it was a controversial performance or symbolic of global events. Well, yeah. I mean, that, what's the, that's the fucking point of it. Like, you're supposed to be raising awareness about this stuff because this stuff is still, you know, prominent in our day and age. You know, none of us are Caucasian. None of us are British. You know, we've all been, you know, succumbed to some form of racism at some point. Like, you know. Yeah, it's, it's good that Ofcom have said they're not going to investigate it. It's good. It's good. But it's, as you said, it's just stupid, all this stuff now. Mm. I think just let people, you know, Show their support for the cause. Yeah. I'm all for it. People complaining for the sake of complaining sometimes. Why are you making the effort to waste of time? Why do you do that? They have nothing to do in their life or something. Yeah. That's it. Just bored. Yeah. They want to complain about something. 
And the biggest news to hit the East London area, guys. This is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous, okay? So basically, East London, of all the areas in all of London, seems to be the area where most people tend to have affairs. This is on the Newham Recorder, for those of you local. Oh God, look at you find shit Newham Recorder. <laughs> Why are you knocking Newham Recorder? Local news every day. That's what you need. So they, I don't know how they get these where numbers. They, yeah, where are they getting these stats? I don't know how they're getting these stats. <laughs> But basically, Tower Hamlets alone, they estimate 18,700 people are having secret affairs. Who, who's recording this? I don't know who's recording it, and once you have the numbers, it's not really secret, is it? Yeah, but someone's job is to keep track of this. I don't what? know. How do you track it? Do they, have you, one of you been stuck in the street or something, like, or get an email from someone else? No. Are you faithful? <laughs> yes. Okay, move on. <laughs> How many people are you banging at one time? And that's it. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's just come up in the news. I thought this is great. It should have been a story for a man like Finn, wouldn't it? <laughs> or thick. <laughs> East London City is declining in its affairs and it's not. Oh my god. Why is this even news? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. And then obviously you've got the numbers in different Brent, areas. Brent is so Brent is 20,000, Tower Hamlet's 18,000, Croydon 17,000. Barnet 12, Camden 12, Lewisham 11,000, and it just goes on, it just goes on, all the way down. It's just ridiculous. Bexley, 6,590. Ends. Ends. Greenwich, 8,000. Southwark, uh... It's stupid, but it's great at the same time. It is. This is what the people want to hear. How many affairs are going on in the world, or in East London? East London. <laughs> Basically, you're all sluts, so stop being sluts. We do not condone slut activity. Or do we? Do you condone any activity? Drinking. I like drinking. I condone drinking. drinking. I like drinking. You've known Darren for a while. How much does he drink? Drinks a lot. That's it. And no, 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 no. I had you on it before I knew that. I didn't drink. I think I could say the same as well. You should be a very active, hydrated person. <laughs> hydrated? H2, H20. Well, he does. He's just an influencer of alcohol. I think so. No, I think like we work in hospitality, and I think that makes you think as well. Lots yeah. of stress, you're going through lots, through lots of things. He's got more than that as an excuse. I just like it. I mean, I enjoy drinking. I haven't, you know. But also, yeah, the more you work in hospitality, the longer you have worked in hospitality. I think it's more natural just to go out and have a drink after work. It, you know, we've been out until five in the morning drinking and after work coming back in at like nine, ten in the morning yeah, like it's yeah. normal. Guys, please send in your, you know, help messages for poor old Dario here. <sighs> Save his liver. <laughs> Is that a new campaign? Why not? <laughs> Save the liver. SHL. Save his liver. You're an idiot. Sake. Hashtag, oh. it? <laughs> okay, you know. So today's topic: eating and drinking out in London. So we're starting with street markets. Can't go wrong with a street market, can you? Yeah. The only annoying thing is the street markets is like once you've got once you've got like some food, you can't do anything else. Yeah. You're just walking around carrying the food, and like you, you obviously you have a drink as well. You've got the drink and the food. The alcohol, isn't it? <laughs> but it's true though. Like you say, you go to one of these like Christmas markets. Yeah. Oh, yeah like you get dotted around yeah, London. Yeah. You will have either mulled wine or some eggnog, and you will have. Sorry. You'll either have you know like a hog roast roll or 
whatever it is you get, and is your hands are just full. You can't do anything else. This is why they have benches scattered around you. Um, but I know what you mean. These places are normally extremely overpopulated. Or yeah. Packed, but it gets to the point where you're crammed in a corner, mm. trying to <laughs> eat some food. Yeah. Nine times out of ten for myself, drop half of it. Because, you know, you're, oh, you're one of them. holding it all at an awkward angle. <laughs> but no, street markets are great. So many different foods and varieties. It's, and, you know. Yeah, because I walk past the one behind Waterloo. By the small, yeah. If you know where it is. By the tunnel, by the big tunnel, as you go past the station. Yeah, after the tunnel on the right, that's over there. Yeah. Yeah. So I walked past there, and you had your market stall, and then about a metre, a bench, another metre, market stall. Like, it was, they're very well organised, but they're so quiet now. Yeah. They're so quiet now. It'll be interesting to see what they do for the Christmas markets, because obviously people are going to flock Winter Wonderland is not opening this year, is it? Again, uh, we are very, very sad that Winter Wonderland... What do you think of Winter Wonderland? I really like it. Oh, thank you. We are very sad that Winter Wonderland is not open this year. We're very sad. Again, they just didn't have anyone to go with, that's why. That's what you never went with us. What's the point of it? Have you never been? I've been... Drinking. I've been been like six years in a row, and I've I've never enjoyed it. Um, you just walk around you do the same things you go on the same shitty rides you do ice skating for about 20 minutes and that's it you're done then you go for a drink yeah but you can just drink somewhere else why do you need to do it in a fest in like an open area with just all these the Christmas spirit there oh Christmas spirit <laughs> fuck Christmas, Christmas spirit. spirit the brown Grinch out here <laughs> um, but no I really like market street market street food whatever you want to call them the atmosphere the culture yeah. it's just very relaxed yeah. you know you, you don't have to dress up too smart you don't have to dress up fancy there's no ticket entry or anything you know and there's just so much choice and variety mm. my only biggest issue as soon as I purchase something I turn around and I want to buy something else because I've noticed you know yeah. you just bought a burger and then you're like oh shit there's fucking tacos or there's something yeah. this is the most annoying thing like you do a lap or two of yeah. the whole place just so you know what's there and then you're like I'm going to go there you get there it's just like a massive queue and you're like yeah. fuck my life that as well but it all depends on what day of the week you go and you know, yeah. But that one we went to the other day in Elephant and Castle. That wasn't, yeah, that wasn't that busy though, was it? It was big enough, it was busy enough, but it wasn't crazy busy. No. We managed to get that bench, didn't we? We yeah. managed to drink food. So mm. that was good. But that, was, really, yeah. that one was a big size though, isn't it? Yeah, because it had an inside, outside, and then the inside you had all these little stalls. And then they had the one where I used to live in Woolwich Arsenal, which the street feast one. Yeah. And that closed down quite early because that street feast moved into waterloo south bank there's one there i think the first one i went to was canada water yeah i think at one point they had one in lewisham they had one in camden as well yeah um they had quite a few but Mm. the one in woolwich was packed to begin with because i think it opened around christmasy time yeah or whatever year it was and uh it was busy Uh, like the heat barrel things in oh yeah yeah. it was quite quite cozy but Like I like for me, in my I like in, I like going to street markets, trying a new cuisine I've not necessarily had before. Yeah. And then like you have to Google half the ingredients. You're like, fuck my life. Like, what is this? But this what is, is what's this? good about them, isn't it? Yeah. There's so much variety. So it's 
so many different cuisines there. Yeah. It's just it's something different than just sitting down at a table and eating. I'll top your wine up. Yes, please. What about the open one behind you? No, we finished that bottle. Of course, <laughs> you heard it there. Can you hear that? That's a beautiful sound. It is a beautiful sound. I'm driving. Damn it. So, what's your favourite place to go? Like street market. Um, I like the Christmas one. Of course you do. <laughs> I like I like the wine. I think yeah. you know, I like Winter Wonderland. See, I like the Bavarian ones in Winter Wonderland. The German sausages yeah. up there are really good. They're amazing. But then, obviously, we're talking about London, but we went to Barcelona early in the year, and the market there was really good. Oh, God, yeah. That, yeah, that's the best green market I've ever been to. Yeah. Iberico Ham was just out of this world. Oh. And the amount of just variety on everything, and it was just crazy. Majority, yeah. It was literally slap banging in the middle of Barcelona, not far from where we were staying, and it was just we got lucky. It was just so packed, but it was so nice. The food there, the mm. drink there, everything was just so because nice. obviously in Barcelona you're so close to the water as well. Everything comes in fresh. Yeah. So all the fish, like I tried sea urchins for the first time when yeah. I was out there. I did try. I did not enjoy sea urchins. Yeah. It yeah. looked vile. Somehow, yeah. I really won't like it. I don't. I, every time I keep trying it, yeah, they cut the top off, and literally they gave me a, a lemon wedge and a bottle of Tabasco yeah. and a spoon. Yeah. And yeah. It, <coughs> I keep hearing that. But yeah, and it's just like, how are you, you know, you're, like, you're supposed to scoop it out and spoon it yeah. out, and it's, it's gritty. You've got a lot of sand and dirt yeah. in there as well, and you're like, ugh. But no, here. When I lived in Nottingham, they had uh, a few nice seasonal ones, like in the middle of the market square. Right. Uh, they did one in the winter and one in the summer. The summer one was really nice because it's like, it's just everything and anything. Because obviously in Nottingham, you've got so much greenery around, uh, fields, markets yeah. and everything, and farms or whatever. So there's a lot of local produce. And there was this one guy, he just, he just did nothing but just smoke his foods, okay. smoked cheese, smoked eggs, okay. smoked meats, a lot, and it, it's just glorious. But it's nice, can, I mean, you get to try like new things, different yeah. things, which is good as well. Yeah. How do you smoke an egg? No, How do you smoke an egg? You can smoke butter. Oh, smoke butter, smoke again, everything. Barcelona. <laughs> Best butter. Yeah, yeah, you can smoke everything you want. Yeah, yeah, of course. But how do you smoke something that's sealed? <laughs> From well, a chef point. Well, and it, but you cook the egg. We all cook the egg before. Is it boil, you boil it? You boil it, yeah. yeah. And then you peel it off. And then you smoke it. I guess so. I guess that's the way to do it. Yeah, it's like that little machine there, didn't they? They just put the glass yeah, lid on top. Yeah, and we used to have one at work as well. We, we, you yeah, because like you say, you could probably put nearly enough anything yeah. in there. Mm. To leave it in there for a certain amount of time. I guess it's better because with the shell on that, I don't think you'll feel the smoke inside. Yeah, unless it's vinegar. Vinegar is the only thing that gets through an eggshell. Would you ever, as a chef or someone that works with food, like to have your own street food store or street food business? Why not? Like, I'd rather have my own restaurant. Yeah. But that could be a good start, you know, like you, because yeah. you have a small amount of food, you have a small menu, like a couple of items. Yeah, you can work on your craft. And then you can work yeah. on your brand. Work what menu would you run, though? What three items would you do? Yeah, it doesn't have to be nice. I need to, I would have to think about it. Yeah, so I think I will be building some like my both culture, you know, like uh, Vietnamese and French. 
uh, I think it could be something interesting, you know, but I wouldn't do a, like things like so or like you know the thing that everyone knows. Yeah, uh, like Bami or yeah, this is yeah. actually there's something to work on with this. I had a few ideas actually. Ah, uh, yeah. I will try to do something that people don't know because I've back. I mean, I've only been in Vietnam once right. at home, see my family. But when I went there, so they had a little restaurant that specialty from so way like central Vietnam that you won't see in restaurant anywhere else. You know, like in Europe. And so I like to work on this. Nice. Uh, That'll be good. Sounds very interesting. Yeah. That's the idea. Because we wanted to do our own because we were going through yeah. this idea as well during lockdown. Food truck coming soon. But yeah, adding that to the Pontunagy. Uh, what Derek gets a fucking license. <laughs> well, that could be a good idea actually. Like adding like yeah, street food is a nice start as a chef. If you don't have much money or because London is quite an expensive city to open like a yeah, business, of course. Yeah. So you need to yeah, and for a start and uh, to get your name, you know, people get to know you as well. So once like you have like regular customers like on <coughs> market, then maybe if you open something bigger like a proper yeah. restaurant, then yeah. you can come. Yeah. Because of, of the next step up from a mar- from a truck would be pop-up a pop-up restaurant or just have a truck with just like a little seating area outside yeah. it, like you do in Spitalfields. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. in Spitalfields. This is what we were joking around about, <coughs> I mean, get yeah. a food truck and do you just drive around, sell yeah. your food and, you know, see oh, how yeah. it goes. Yeah. No, that's just something that we joke about, but I think if you were ever to take it serious, I think it could be doable, couldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I don't know what I'd do. Yeah, but this is it. If you were to take it serious, then you start thinking. But I yeah. wouldn't know what I'd do either. I really wouldn't. I, I go into tapas. I do maybe like five dishes, but they're like quite small, so you have to buy more than one. Yeah, I mean, so the yeah. guest is exposed to more types of. When you food. have a stove yeah. or like a food truck, you don't need to be like a proper actual menu. Yeah, just a few things. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. Because most of the time you don't have a kitchen. I mean, you're cooking from home or. Whatever. Yeah, you're prepping at home. Space or yeah. equipment, so yeah, it's better to keep it small, but like quality. Yeah. I mean, that's my point of view, but I think that's the best thing to do. Yeah, of course. Sounds interesting, doesn't it? Yeah, and then you have like these food markets that are like designed or organized around one particular culture. Do you remember? I remember we went to, um, me and a friend of mine, we went to a Vietnamese food market in Danson Park. Just what? me and me and uh, Tigger. We went to just a Vietnamese place in Danson Park. That's so random. It was. That sort of I didn't expect a lot of Vietnamese people there, but it was so busy. If you have in um, in Greenwich, sometimes by the coast, it's so called a market, but it is essentially a market. Yeah. It's you, continental, isn't it? They do mm. it for notorious or around and about, and it's busy. But they've literally got so much. Not the actual main market, but by the river, they do like a little few stores and. But yeah, but that's just, that's to me, that's very good, very interesting, but some of them get super busy and some of them don't get yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah. I really like to go like summertime, I love to go in uh. Brick Lane, you know the... Uh, ah, Brick yeah. Lane. On a Sunday, Sunday in Brick Lane, I like it, but it's just so packed. Yeah, but it's a good place to go, to be honest, mm. I really like it. And to me, when it's too busy, you can't really enjoy it as much, because yeah. it's just, you're too busy. You can and you can't because the buzz is like it's mental, yeah, like that, it's enjoyably yeah. mental. But at the same time, it's like you can't actually access anything at the same time. That's I, I get what you're saying, but then mm-hmm. obviously, do you then restrict what you, how many people you have coming in? Do you have bouncers with a little clicky thing going on at ten in, ten out? Because then that would just kill the vibe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's the you know. But then you know this goes into the next topic, which is drinking in 
public and drinking in you know these outdoor areas like uh, I, I don't know if you've ever been to the Adabeli the E4 Adabeli the it's by Waterloo so there used to be like a month or two of just every night or every day every night you would have like a set of comedians coming in doing an act doing a little gig and outdoors there were just like loads of space to drink man this place had pins on tap pins on tap Really? Yeah. <laughs> picture for me, picture for you. How we sort of half an hour. Or was it just that fake nonsense? I mean, it's all right, but I mean, like I said, uh, you have a, a picture of pins for yourself every half hour. You're, you know, you're sorted. It's good. Yeah. What else is on the list of uh, food in London? Well, I mean, the next one is you know eating out, like properly going out into restaurants and eating out and fine dining and stuff like that. But eating out. Yeah. Everyone loves eating out. People whole. love eating out, but people don't know how to fucking do it. Well, you're gonna say it from a point of view of working. Well, no, not even that. I mean, you have people that have elbows on tables, and then you have. Uh, I remember uh, when I was working, but maybe last year, there was a girl. She was sat at the table. She had both her elbows on the table. She ordered a well done steak. So you know, prick, already. Followed by the fact that she had a part of the steak on her fork and the girl was just waving her fork and knife around as she was talking. Like she was some like dining terrorist. Just, just, <laughs> she's just there. Dining just wait. Oh my God, it made me so angry. It's like, have some table manners. Okay, so let me ask you, do you have any, uh, what's guilty pleasures? Eating out places that are just horrible, but you, you just love it. There's no, so, this is the thing, right? No place is bad. Well, you know no what I places, mean? The places Something that people will consider like a dive. Or, you know, do you have anything like that? Like, you know, man like Thin, bigger, <laughs> you mug in York. Yeah. He loves a good Weatherspoon's meal and a Weatherspoon's pint. Six wings and Or whatever pint. it is. Yeah. Um, do you have anything? Anything that, you know, a lot of people would like, no. No, I'm, I'm very... I'm open to all. Yeah. Even somewhere like Bella Italia. Right. I don't like places like... We... Okay. Disclaimer, right, disclaimer, we're not here to give recommendations or to say to people where it's best to go, but my problem with places like Bella Italia, <clears throat> ZZ's, Carluccio's, VIV, they brag about, you know, their stuff is fresh and you can tell it's fresh. It's not fresh, so don't say it's fresh. You have a central kitchen, you pre-batch everything, why are you lying? <laughs> That's my problem with it. How do you like Frankie and Benny's? I do not like Frankie and Benny's. Do. I don't. The chips are too soggy. When we went there that time for lunch. Yeah. And you, you know, it. the curry champ Ash, the pebble, that's right, you know, dropped all of the drinks on the floor. I remember, no, I thought I dropped the water on the waiter. We're not the best customers, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I thought it was Ash. Oh, one of us. But, I mean, like, I think in. at the end of the day, yeah, okay, the food and the environment make it, but it's more your company as well. Like, you have these people that go on dates, like one-time one dates, like the first time they're meeting someone, they go to a restaurant. Dickhead move, by the way. Don't do that. Don't go to a first date into a restaurant. The waiters know, the managers will take the piss out of you, and it's going to be a bad experience. Everyone knows. And then um, we... Where was I? Fuck, I lost track. Don't go on dates with no, before that, that's all. You lost track of Well, what was I talking about? I got angry about fucking dining <laughs> out. Go back to the 
back. This is the wine kicking in. Retrace your thoughts. Nope. All right. Yeah. Let's start something new. Axel, what is your thought? Do you have a yeah, restaurant pleasure. or a place, a guilty pleasure that you can never say no to? To be honest, like, what mine is. I, don't, I won't say that I will never say no to, but like, I used to go a lot to uh, Wetherspoon. Like, I'm a man like Finn as well. You're mm. <laughs> a man like Finn. He is a man like Finn. Uh, I don't mind. It's, not, it's obviously not the best food you can have, but I don't mind it even as a chef. Okay, well, burgers like meat's always overcooked. Oh, yeah, of course. Definitely. But I still have a meal in Wetherspoon. It's all right. This it's okay to have it. It's like, I'm not saying it's the best place to be, definitely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, us British people, we know what weather spoons is like. <laughs> yeah. Especially in its darkest Yeah. <laughs> it's home. As soon as you turn Just 18, you live in a weather spoon for fucking how many days a week? Yeah. But I think I mean, it's so cheap as well. So much, even for, mm-hmm. for drinking. Like. Do you have anything like that back home? Like a weather spoon sort of thing? Cheap, cheerful? That like a big ground? No. No? I mean, we do have big but it's like really bad. I don't, I won't go. It's not like the same as weather spoon. Like, it's like a pub. You can have like a nice ring and stuff. <laughs> Back home, I'd say like, it would be like just a restaurant, like cheap restaurant, but you yeah. wouldn't stay for like to have a drink there. But this is the thing, in like, because like that whole pub culture, you don't really get it anywhere else other than England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales. Mm. Yeah, because that's where the most of the heavy alcoholics tend to be born. Heavy alcoholics congregate. It's true though. You don't because all the you go to America, it's all bars. Yeah. Everywhere else in the world, it's it's bars or little gastros and stuff like this. But like a grotty pub where you you know where your feet stick to the floor. There's a pool table that hasn't been used for like two weeks. There's dust on it. You know, there's a little fire. Like that's very traditionally British. But that's something I like actually. I like it there. I love a, I love a good pub. I love yeah, a good pub. Yeah. Love a pub. Sit down, Guinness. That's it. Sorted for hours. Alright, you've gone from ranting to loving a good pub. I always like a good pub. I've never not liked a good pub. Alright. <laughs> but I think the thing is, it's like you said, it's it's who you're with as well. Well, yes, exactly. yeah. well if you can be in a shit or, and have a good company, yeah, you're having a good time. Yeah. yeah. And I get that. And yeah. you could be in a good place with a, you know, someone that you don't really click with or get along with and you'll have a bad experience and then you'll never go back because when people associate a restaurant, the first thought they think of is, okay, yeah, people always focus more on the negatives more than the positives. Of course, that's true. That's yeah. you, know? you know, that's just how we're programmed up here, though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but no, but then, what do you prefer more, fine dining, fine dining, casual dining, or pub? It depends dining. who you're with. Yeah. I think it purely depends on your company. Okay. Like if like if I was with you know us and the you know lads we're not lads we're very far from lads you know you don't have to explain yourself every time well you know I just want to in case people you know take the wrong idea that I am a lad because I am not a lad but you know if you're with the guys and it's just say it's like a birthday or you know you haven't seen each other in ages like you just go all out. Like yeah. no one, like it was like when we went to um, the O2 for Oktoberfest. Oh yeah, we we went to the Erdinger Oktoberfest, wannabe Oktoberfest in the O2 a couple of years back. And yeah. absolutely no one remembers what happened. <laughs> Man, that place was just a massive tent, two litre steins or two pint steins of Erdinger. And yeah. They were just Flowing like mad. Two pint steins, and like we were, we tore through like eight steins, and then some dickhead decided to start doing shots. Oh, 
I remember doing shots. Uh, I did like four. So <laughs> <many> you remember? <laughs> How many <laughs> you are, Ash? <laughs> Big man. Yeah, we all complement each other, don't we? <laughs> but yeah, no, them sort of places are just great. The food, it's Bavarian street food. Is exactly, such. yeah. It's Beer, what, yeah. And it was just, it was just an all round good time. We always said we'll go back there, but I think obviously with COVID, we won't be seeing that for a while. Yeah. And we've always said we'd like to try the proper one, but I think that's just a bit too heavy on the bang bands. Yeah, this yeah, but that that's something I'd like to do, like mm-hmm. Oktoberfest properly. Go out there, you know, do what Ash did for the O2, actually dress up for it. <laughs> he turned up, didn't he? All oh, dressed up, and he was yeah, like, "Look at me, guys." Hey. I can't remember. It was just where he turned up, and was I was like, Lado oh, what? Yeah. Him, yeah. Him and Charlie Ward, didn't they? For fuck's sake. You, what turned an up, idiot. you turned up straight from work, though, didn't you? Yeah. And I think the rest of us just wore normal clothes. I came straight from work. I had my suit on. I had a bag with all my menus and papers <laughs> in it and whatever. Trying not to lose but it no, after, yeah. like, drink number 2,000. Did yeah. you lose it? Mm-mm. It's got a shoulder oh, no. strap, so I just wrapped it around <laughs> it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So so let me ask you guys, as you both, you work in a kitchen in London and you manage in a dining venue in London, that's what you do, do you eat out often on your time off? No. Or do you tend to stay away from it because you want to get away from the atmosphere and the environment? No, not because I, w- I don't actively avoid it. I love eating out, I love drinking out, but it's finding the people to actually do well, it no, with. Just take that out of consideration. Just say you've got a Wednesday off, you time you're gonna meet friends you haven't decided where you're going would you go to eat in a restaurant even though you've just worked the last seven days in a restaurant or would you go and have a drink somewhere casual and maybe get a takeaway or something on am i working the next day just just stop, stop really thinking about it yeah matter. stop thinking about technicalities just go with it i mean like, i'm happy to go out for dinner because it like you go out for dinner you have a bottle of wine with the starters you have a bottle of wine with the mains and then you have, you know, a glass of dessert, wine with the dessert, and then you'll have a couple of old fashions after. And then after that, you go to a bar, and then it's like £600 down the drain, and you're like, fuck my life. All right, that's a, took a very <laughs> expensive <laughs> twist. I mean, you, but you complained about it, but Yeah, but all right, so let me, let me ask now, are you one of them, I know what you're like, but are you one of them that sit there and judge how they work and how yeah, the service I is? Yeah, I can't switch off. I, oh, can't, I can't switch off. Well... I will judge, but not what as about, much. What about tasting like, food? I will just notice it. Like I won't judge it really. Like I've noticed mistakes or whatever. Like yeah, but you taste the food. Being a yeah. chef, tasting food all day, you're <laughs> gonna think to yourself, "This needs salt. This needs pepper. But this I hasn't got be, enough flavor." No, I won't be saying like, "Yeah, this is a bad flavor. You're missing this." I've this, this, never. Like, I will, like, I will yeah. still enjoy the moment. Or do you just keep it in here because you know you're not working? I think. But I mean, the thing that happens as well. Me working as a chef as well, mm. we all do mistakes as well. So it can happen. You know, like you go one time to a place you have a bad experience doesn't mean all the other time you will have a bad experience you know like because yeah. it can happen like something wrong when like floor kitchen whatever and then yeah you don't have a good experience but if you go back again at the other time you have maybe one free yeah. so which is like you can't judge on one time a restaurant right? i can't switch off i'll always look i'll always judge but i never say anything i've never sent a dish back let me ask you now have you got True. any very bad stories where you've had to obviously refund walk out not get served no i won't do that i mean even if i'm unhappy oh. i will never complain have you ever had that, a, okay. that depends who i'm with have you got any stories of a bad experience let's go through that then. that depends who i'm with because when i was with my ex-partner at the time mm-hmm. 
she was very, you know, I want this. All right, cool. We go find this, whatever. And then we get there. And then after some point, it's not what she wants. And she wouldn't send it back. But at the same time, she'll make it clear that she's not happy. She but she would say, you know, it's not what I expected, blah, blah, blah. But what's the fucking point in saying this? It's like you're waiting for them to say, oh, I'll take that off your hands. And yeah, this, and this is the problem. People go out half the time, almost looking to point fingers, looking for things to complain about. I remember I had a, a couple, I was serving a couple once. He ordered a, a blue uh, fillet. And she ordered a well-done fillet. And she complained to me saying the well-done fillet was smaller than the blue. <laughs> but of course, when you cook it that much, it's going to shrink. But when you explain this to them, and they look at you and say, no, I want my money back. No, I'm not giving you money back. It's not my fault you don't know how to go out and eat. And this is the biggest problem. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but is that, can you really turn around and say you don't know how to eat? No, you don't say that, but that's why you explain the process and you say to them, for this reason, because it's a natural process, yeah, you can't be held money. accountable for it, I'm not giving you the money back. Yeah. If you don't like it, this is my name, come find me. No, I, I agree with this. Yeah, of course. Like, people don't know what they want. They expect something that they don't even know what they order sometimes. Like, I mean, especially like meat-wise, yeah. like, more, how many, I don't know, I can't. So how many times I had like complain about the steak? Like for example, like asking for medium rare steak, and that steak will come back perfectly medium rare. They say I want it more cooked. So then you want it medium or yeah. medium well or whatever. whatever. Or like when you're from a serving point of view, like you know you take the order and the guest goes to you, what's your medium rare? Is it like a medium in this place or is it like a rare in that place? And you're like. How the fuck am I supposed to know I what they think? I think this comes from people just having experiences in certain places. But the problem is people have all these experiences and then decide they are an expert. Yeah. But they've never done it themselves. Mm. You know, and that's the problem with... That's I think that's the <laughs> yeah. biggest problem with eating out. Everyone thinks they... People have an opinion to what they like and don't like for whatever reason, mm. that's fine. But when they deliberately point their finger at you and say, no, you're wrong, I'm right, because I think it's like this, therefore I am right, you know, just fucking elbow drop them. You know, I think that they, all these, you know, new TV, like, cooking shows and make people think they're experts, you know, oh, I've been watching this show, yeah. and I'm like, oh, I know about food, yeah. you know nothing about it. Or you know people I mean? like, you know, loads of people, they Google recipes, yeah. and they, they look at the recipes, they're like, yeah, I can do this, they do the recipe, and it's like, okay, I did the recipe, it's good, it's a good recipe. I am a cook, I am a chef. And you're like, no, dickhead, no, that's not how it works. But fuck me, like, that, that's how people think. That is how people think. Yeah. People think, like, just cooking, like, some people can cook well, you know, mm -hmm. like, they will. But that doesn't mean you can be a chef. For me, I that think is... it's different cooking one or two dishes in your kitchen to cooking 50 in a night or whatever yeah. it's not the same yeah. if you can do them all at the same level then I'll call you a cook or a chef or yeah. whatever but if you can't do them all at the same standard then like for me like a real talent is like you're given 10 ingredients go yeah, yeah I randomly think like, like ready steady cook with Ainsley Harriet yeah we knock Ainsley Harriet for everything he is we knock him for everything what was it red tomatoes green peppers no I don't know fucking hell I love that show this is nice yeah you, you like freestyle air quote you're yeah. cooking like that's that's what makes a good chef you I get think. it on like yeah. ki kitchen I'll nightmares and stuff and Gordon Ramsay will test the chefs in the so called failing restaurant 
give him a load of ingredients he's bought fresh. He'll say, you've got one hour. Both of you cook me something. Whoever gets voted the best will be the special for the night. And yeah. they, they, they turn out and perform, you know. But that is what makes, I think, for me, that's what, And that's passion, yeah. isn't it? Because that's yeah. when you're, you know, that's when you put your heart and soul into it. Exactly, and that's when you because see... Because you're not being told what to do, and it's not shit that you've been serving for the last yeah. how many ever months, years... And this is the problem with places like ZZ and uh, La, uh, Bella Italia or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. the menus don't change. The menus are very stagnant, you know, and there's no real chance of development of menu. You can't really tell what people want. It's it's cheese pizza, it's meat pizza, it's sp- uh, spaghetti bolognese, lasagna. It, they're just crowd pleasers, easy crowd pleasers that come out at fast volume, yeah. and it's easy, and that's what people ultimately want. I think those kind of places are just like business, you know, they just want to make money out of something. Yeah, and that's it. yeah no, I get that, making money off. So which I'm saying, you know, like there's this kind of, I mean, you know what you're going for, you know, if you go to a place like this, you know, there's not going to be like the best quality you can have. Yeah. It's all right, but you know what to expect there. Yeah. Um, so none of you have had a bad experience that you, something to share with us. I might have, but like, uh, you know, I that can't think can really of okay, yeah. yeah. I'd say a very good experience because you don't really talk about it much. You normally say, I went to this place, that was nice. Um, but have you got a restaurant? I wouldn't say, well, you said we don't do recommendations, but a restaurant that you would happily mention that you've returned to many a times? Uh, Soho. Yeah. Um, Gehisa. What sort of food is it? It's, ta- it's like refined tapas, like Spanish mm-hmm. tapas. And it's so good. Like, I remember I walked in and there were like foie gras cutlets and stuff like this. Like, it's definitely Spanish tapas, but they've yeah. included other ingredients from various parts of the world. Okay. Uh, the wine menu was so good. There was like 30 wines on the menu. Like, so you know, like, you can't judge a place by the wine menu, but at the same time, you know, if they've taken the time and effort to make a decent wine menu, mm-hmm. then at least you've got someone with a brain back a house organizing it and like it's going to be yeah. decent. I've, yeah, I've, uh, Dehisa, um, Ember Yard, it's the same company, there's just like really good Sp- Spanish tapas places, okay. but that's the best thing with tapas, like you have loads of little mm-hmm. things and you try loads of different things. Mine, mine was going to be Camino, which is obviously, it's a bit more, you know, I'd say casual dining, mm. tapas as well, and it's obviously like so good. Or Lima. We used to go there so much. Yeah. So yeah. Your yeah, oh, we love it. We I went to Barcelona and we could not stop ordering. <laughs> yeah. Because it's all small dishes and it's like. It's nice. It's a good share. I mean, sharing concept like tapas, I like it because it's good. You have a drink, you have a few nibbles, and yeah. it's a good thing to yeah, yeah, it, it, it was when I was with my previous partner, we went there quite a lot with yeah. friends, family, whatever. Yeah. And you should just, you know, you just fill a table up and everyone's satisfied. Yeah. You've got a bottle of wine. He's saying it because, you now. But the thing is, like, People complain, they go to a restaurant, like say you go to... That dish wasn't enough. This is it. You go to like a one-star, two-star place, it's like, I got the complaint a lot. You know, when I was working at the one-star, it's like, your dishes are small. Yeah, the dishes are small. But when you actually come in for the proper experience, you do aperitif, champagne, starter, main, pre-dessert, dessert, dessert, tea, coffee. But I think think going through these languages also depends on who you're with. Again, yes, if but if you actually, if you're going for the full experience, you have to do the whole thing properly. Yeah. And if you do the whole thing properly, it's not cheap. I get that because you know I don't go to many one stars. You know I don't 
know, because I don't have the money for it all the time. But as you said, like you, if you want to go to places like this, like <clears throat> you just plan it. You say well, you have your budget. You say you know you're gonna spend this mm-hmm. amount of money. Yeah. You go for the experience, and that's it. You have to do it properly because people come in like not to knock Liam in Essex, but people come from Essex every Saturday night, and they come in. Oh, we've come for the experience. Okay, two steaks, one porn star martini, and a beer, and then they're gone. He's got a problem with people ordering porn star something. Do not get a cocktail at the table. I, I, I don't, like, if you're going to yeah. drink and eat, at least pair them. So it, it, it's... But a lot of people don't care for pairing or they don't understand the pairing. Then don't go for the bloody experience of it. <laughs> the pairing is part of it. Uh, lately, I think it's more for the Instagram. But this is the thing. Yeah. People say, you know, we come for the experience. If you come for the experience, fucking, you know, have the fucking experience, you know. Like, we had a cheese trolley with 45 cheeses. You don't like cheese, that's fine. Why do you need so many cheeses? I don't knock cheese. I'm not knocking it, but why do you need so many? You always need at least 45 cheeses within the year, season that you turn over. You always need... I'm not getting into the cheese stuff. Could you choose as many cheeses as you wanted? Three or five pieces, but if you wanted more than five, depending on how nice the manager was feeling, prices would vary. All right. Uh, Actually, have you got any... uh, Restaurant that you would say that you enjoy a bit? Well, I've been to many places that I have nothing much coming about. Maybe there's one place, I mean, it's nothing like fancy and stuff, but mm-hmm. it's a small, like, French restaurant though, yeah. that I've been in. It's called Chezel, which means that I've heard. So C H E Z and then, like, space E double L E. Yeah, that's it. Brick Lane. Man's back at Brick that's Lane. That's in Brick Lane. And it's actually, it's like, it's lovely, like, French place, they're really small, oh, wow. but it's yeah, really cool. cool. I like it. Nice food. Happy cheese. Small menu, but uh, I've been there, like, I don't know, like two, three times. And Happy snails for 15 pounds? Yeah. Okay, uh, I've never had snails. Tell me what snails are like. The snails are good. I mean, I like like these snails. two ways, I really like them. Like classic one, you know, like garlic butter and snails. Mm-hmm. And then you have like your bread and you just yeah. dip yeah. your bread in all that butter. Escargot and bread and scarpetta. And then with like this like borderless, so which is like border style uh, snails, which is cooked with a bacon and wine. Like what is the texture like? Is it similar to like a mussel and oyster? No, uh, it's rubbery. It's yeah. more rubbery. Oh. It's not that chewy, like it's rubbery, but like when you actually eat it, it's, it's soft. soft, soft yeah. Yeah. What, is a, what is a burgundy snail? That's the one. Actually. Oh, the one so they have it. They have burgundy snail, two glasses of uh, so, yeah. so it's cooked in like slow cooking red wine mm-hmm. and bacon. It looks quite nice. Okay, so you, you're looking up snails now. Yeah. What would you say is your favourite cuisine in terms of, you know, what you actually like to eat compared to what you don't know and what you'd like to try? Ooh. Well, there's obviously, I think a lot of people could say that. There's a lot that you haven't tried as such. Mm. Those things. Obviously, I really do like tapas and Spanish food. Um, I think here in London, there's a thousand Chinese places, a thousand Italian places and so on yeah so they're sort of out of the question but i'd like to try more south american food yeah um just because you know all these documentaries and food things and i like watching a lot of on facebook instagram whatever the chefs cooking this and that and it's just i feel like you know there's so much i haven't tried that's me um what about you axel well like i think yeah there'll be either asian south american the, the thing i mean that's the thing i will eat the most i guess yeah I yeah, but the thing is like yeah, what you will get here in London or 
Well, you don't actually get to get a proper food, you know, like what, yeah. like if you were traveling, you will actually taste the actual yeah. food, no, which no, would be great. But like what, yeah, the thing I eat the most like would be like Asian or South American or a good chicken chop. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with him, man. I have a good three pound, yeah. 26 mil or something, you know, like random price. You won't say French, no? You're not the biggest fan no, of French? No, I, like, I, I do love French, but things like as a French, I wouldn't consider that as my favorite. I mean, I don't know how do you, you enjoy say. it. I, I enjoy it, of course. We, I really love French food, though, not like. I like to try new things yeah. that I don't know. Yeah. What about you, Darren? Peruvian. Peruvian. Uh, I, I love Peruvian food, but at the same time, I don't know crazy much about it. Like, if I, I've gone out to quite a few Peruvian restaurants, and it's just been amazing. I've always had such a good time. And it's really, yeah. It's good, I, I love it. I, the tiger milk ceviche, the crunch that you have with the corn, everything. It's so good. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Good? yeah, I hope it's open. I haven't had a, actually had a chance to check in the COVID how my uh, Peruvian restaurants are doing. I'm sure we've got a lot of places to eat after this. <laughs> but at the same time, it's loads of places are being closed down. Like the industry is very much. Yeah, I found that. I found a link. Let me check on some of the places. A lot of places are up and down on what's open. A few open. places, yeah. A place called Vanilla Black, one of London's best, most innovative. innovative long-standing vegetarian restaurants, COVID, the Mount Grove Fothy, Ivory Corner, Falls of Wind, Counterculture, The Dairy, Young Chang, Amelia, Sweet Chick. I'm so surprised the vegetarian place closed down. This day and age, vegetarian, vegan. That's the, that's the new thing, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? It's so, it's not fashionable, but like five years ago, everyone in the world was gluten-free, everyone. And now everyone is vegan or vegetarian, like it's fun. And you know, the whole renewable, you know, um, you know, you don't get plastic straws anymore. Like, yeah. you know, that's the way the industry is moving towards and that, you know, sustainability and that's fine. But I'm surprised the vegetarian place closed down, which is sad to hear. It is. That's an experience I really want to do, like going for a, for a vegan experience. Like, yeah, it's something I've never done. I've uh, never seen a vegan tasting menu done properly. I think most of the people think like, you know, when they think about vegan food, they think about like boiled or roast vegetable. But there's much more behind there's it. So you can much. do so much better. Yeah. I mean, like lots of things you can do. Like if you're quite creative. You're but like, there's this there's this thing. arrogance with people that just stick with meat. It's like yeah 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 you know. I love eating nothing but meat, and you know I won't eat anything but meat. And it's a bit old-fashioned, traditional nowadays. You know the I fucking hate old-fashioned people. Right, just, so let just me, adapt. Let me go through this link. So I found another link: businesslive.co.uk. Pizza Express: up to one thousand one hundred jobs are at risk at this restaurant chain. Uh, restaurant chain Pizza Extra Express after the firm announced proposal to close around sixty-seven of its sites. Wow. This week. This week? I don't know how recent this article is. Byron Burger. Burger chain Byron is to permanently close 31 restaurants across the UK with a loss of 651 jobs. Um, uh, Ask Italian and ZZ's owner, Azuri Group, uh, 
Not to reopen 75 of its restaurants following coronavirus, resulting in the loss of 1,200 jobs. The thing is, like, was that Didi, Zizi, and Ask Italian. But these are, the all, these are all high street names. And this is what I was saying earlier. Like, these people, they're just crowd pleasers. They're not niche. Yeah, but we're, we've, and talk, we, the we've spoken a lot about higher upper places compared to the high street No, I get places. that, but the reason why the high street places are failing is purely because they're there just to please the people. And mm. people have learned, like in lockdown, I can cook it myself if I want to. Why am I going there? Mm. I'd rather go somewhere. I think the next few years. Do you think? I think the next few years you're going to see like a completely different move in the mm. industry. I think, like restaurants will be doing all sorts of weird things. It's going to be, I think, because like now people have learned to cook in lockdown, more yeah, or less. How many? I think it's all about being. Uh, Conscious, you know, yeah, don't want to be but, wasting money but like, how many banana bread posts did you see on Instagram? <laughs> uh, be honest, how many banana bread posts did you see? But this is it, and this is what people have learned to do. And now they've done it, these kind of basic places they're not gonna, unless you have something that's specifically trademark, like look at Nando's, you know. It's a cheeky Nando's, but at the end of the day, the peri-peri sauce you get in Nando's, it's different to any peri-peri sauce you get in any chicken shop. And that's why that succeeds. Preto Manager, Preto Manga. Preto Manger. Thousand jobs going. Um, company said recent sales plummeted by 74%. I'm not surprised. Uh, Cafe Rouge, a better Italia's owner, casual dining group, 2,000 jobs. After better uh, after the owner of Bella Talia Cafe Rouge and Las Iguanas called the in the administrators. Oh wow, ninety one of its two hundred and fifty restaurants. Who? Bella the casual dining group. Bella Talia Cafe Rouge and Las Iguanas. They have a bigger problem. That's outrageous! You're out of wine. Yeah. Beers in the fridge. Thank God. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, that's two bottles of wine yeah. down. All Frankie right. and Benny's and Wagamama's owner, the restaurant group, three thousand jobs at risk after the restaurant group launched a CVA. What is a CVA? I have no idea. Which would close one hundred twenty-five of its sites around the UK. Vapiano, everyone knows Vapiano. You know Vapiano? I do. Make your own pasta on site, no? Is it that place? No, that's Cadella. No, a, a Vapiano. They have these little bags, you know, like. That counters, you choose that whatever mm. you want. So you go there, you order something. But what do they do? They do the flour with the eggs and everything there I and then? No, they don't, they don't do it in front of you, but they have the bag of fresh pasta. They will cook in front of you. So you order it. But die. So they cook the pasta the day before or on the day? No, they cook it on the day. They're like, I mean, meant to be fresh pastas. I don't know. Like, I've been there once or twice. Oh, so Vapiano officially appointed administrators. However, a new group was formed to save the chain of restaurants in July. So they're trying to work things out. Colicio, you guys both know Colicio quite well. 30 restaurants were bought out of... Oh, the Italian chain collapsed in March, but 30 restaurants were later bought out of administration by Giraffe and Ed's Easy Diner owner. Oh, wow. So Colicio is being saved. Not to knock, you know, obviously, you know, we support all of hospitality. Why the fuck has Giraffe survived? <laughs> Why the fuck has Giraffe survived? I think I ate there once. That place makes me so angry. Alright, so let me ask you guys one more question. 
what are your thoughts and views on the uh, the government's help out to eat out scheme, whatever you call it? I think they fucked over. I mean, yeah, it's good because it puts bums on seats. Yeah. But the problem with bums on seats is if you don't have the workforce to keep up with that volume, you are screwed. Mm-hmm. And I think there are a lot of places that were so busy and yeah, they're bringing in revenue, but at the same time, they're getting battered for those three days. And then it's very hard to staff it because it be- the week becomes very unpredictable. Things like, but like usually busy days were weekend. And ever since it out scheme, it was like Monday, basically Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. That's the busy days. So you're not planning to have any <coughs> enough stuff for it because you're like, you think it's going to be quiet. Mm. Well, my opinion is, I think they're thinking of, obviously, it's, well, certain places are doing 50% off, or it's a £10 they, a cover, or whatever, right, I get that. But I do like the idea. No, the I think the idea is good, but I think yeah. the timing is, wasn't good, but then at the same time, they need the money and the work. This is it, they did it, it was purely financial, it's yeah. not to raise awareness for, you know, for the specific restaurant itself. People don't care about the restaurant until it's closed down. Yeah. And then they can't have that product anymore, in my opinion, I think. Yeah. So I don't it, know, like, it, it, it's a double-edged sword. Like it's good because it got people out there. Okay, you might have spread it more, you might have spread the COVID more, but at the same time, it's almost shafted the staff. Like there's nothing worse than coming home at like two, three o'clock in the morning after a long day of work and you you're back in like six hours and you're like fuck my life like this is this is my life for like the next four months like this yeah. is it there's yeah. been lots i think a lot of restaurants just got overbooked or yeah too busy yeah. and then obviously i guess it's good as you say because it's obviously all about getting work and hours for people that obviously the hospitality got hit more than most yeah the pandemic and all of that um but it was crazy we were in shopping centers not too long ago it? yeah it's mental it's like when we went to stratford yeah but, but the thing is like you have um the apps yeah these apps they're slowly going to take away the job of waiters so this is what that's what my next point is going to be most of them it's because of the coronavirus and the yeah. pandemic they're preferring you or places like a spoiler spoon mm. or a green king etc yeah. they're asking you to order on the app I get that. going up to the bar but then what about all the people that carry cash and all the stuff and they don't like apps or phones and they don't like using credit cards or but this is the thing it depends on how adaptive and how willing people are to change you know like I don't like the app but you know yeah, because at, at the end of the day we both know when you're in a pub and you have the app you know you don't move more, yeah. than, the, more, the, more the, than 83 the pints just come to you uh, yeah. that's what you want that's what you fucking want more that's than eight, 83,000 businesses signed up for the promotion mm. um, and you have to think within these businesses there's not just like a one venue business you have so many businesses that are like a multitude of venues like look at where you are for D&D it's one business yeah. but they've got 42 places in London Gordon Ramsay group there's like 30 places in London or something I think, like this I think yeah but I think at certain extent i think it was hard for restaurants and bars and pubs and whatever to maintain the social distancing and the safety aspect of it yeah because they were just getting a lot more customers turning up for obviously what their capacity is yeah they're turning away just as many people as they're taking in at the same time yeah 
And on top of that, the problem is people think that because they've booked, they are the priority. You know, yeah. like, you know, I'm important, I've booked, like, fuck you, no, you're not. You are and you're not at the same yeah. time, if you know what I mean. I mean, you are as important as everyone in the place. That's this it. is it, you're not above the others. Yeah. yeah. Just have the priority because you booked the table. Yeah. That's it. Look at this, so, <laughs> this is another article, several fast food chains have taken part in a scheme which has drawn criticism from some anti-obesity campaigners. Anti-obesity campaigners. The National Obesity Forum, for example, has said it was a green light to promote junk food. I get that, but it's not really to promote uh, junk food. That wasn't it. It's a green light. There, what? That wasn't purposely. No, no, but this is what... It's a National Obesity Forum is what people put. Is this a bunch Someone of fat people complaining that they're fat and they don't want to blame themselves? Ben asked if the government was we do not body shame. We do not body shame. Watley said under healthy, healthy eating plans, large chain restaurants will have to publish calorie breakdowns of their meals, helping diners to make an informed choice. No this is the thing. People just want to complain for the sake of complaining because they know they can. But that's now, it. Yeah, but now that's they're it. saying restaurant bookings are still down, but they're slowly rising. Restaurant bookings will always be down because of social distancing. You have to take yeah. half the tables out. Personally, but I can see like work as well. Like we have <coughs> bookings. Like let's say one night we have one hundred thirty bookings, and like in the end of the night you got like eighty three showing up or something like this. Yeah, there's a big cancellation culture now. Yeah. Yeah, of course, because a lot of people still. If you read one one article yeah. on your phone on. TV yeah. on the radio. Put, put normally, on. like when I was working before lockdown, like we would charge for not turning up. Yeah. Like you've wasted our time and money and blah blah blah. But this is like now, like I. That's the one thing I take away. Like if you're afraid to go out because of what's out there in terms of COVID and whatever, like you're completely within your right. You shouldn't have to be charged. Yeah. yeah. And I get people complaining like you know cancellation culture itself is affecting restaurants but at the same time restaurants still have to be understanding that people are still scared to go out yeah at the moment yeah there's some people, people scared of it people yeah are scared to go out and you have to understand like yeah but back in the days like before covid there were some people like booking 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 and like in the end of covid not showing up i mean that you know so yeah i mean because it goes like oh staffing or even kitchen wise like i mean food you know like because you think you're gonna do this amount of people coming so let's say you have 200 people booked, you will order food for 200 people. Yeah. Oh. And then like half of them don't show up because they decided not to. So we're going to do all this food. Yeah. Oh. You can keep it, but so you're you not sure you're going to sell it all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah of, of course. course. I get that. But, you know, within COVID, I do think restaurants do need to be more understanding. Yeah. Like hospitality is, you know, oh yeah, we've been hit the hardest, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, it's like you still have to kind of deal with it. Yeah. Because you... At the end of the day, our job is to think about what they want, what yeah. the customer wants, and this is what they're thinking. So we do have to adjust to that, whether we like it or not. Well, the, the government and certain MPs did sort of urge restaurants and bars and whatever to continue, obviously now the eat-out schemes yeah, finished, yeah. to continue doing, continue yeah. doing it. Certain places did, certain places didn't, yeah. but I think it was a bit crazy. Like big up Gaucho and M restaurants, uh, what, a year or two years ago, they went into administration and now they're doing the 50% eat out, help out uh, scheme off their own back. And on top of that, they're doing the whole invisible fries um, campaign, which is basically you order invisible mm. fries. So they never come to the table, yeah. but it's like three pound, three fifty. 
that goes to a charity to help other restaurants. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah so you know, like that. That kind of that's what it. That's what the industry needs. Mm-hmm. People to try and help each other out as the campaign set, but people are greedy. But I think it's like big, like big companies can do that. Can afford to do this. Like a small, like a small restaurant. Like, uh, you can still try to help a other restaurant, but like when you're already struggling yourself. Yeah. I don't think you can afford to help someone else. You know? Yeah. This is it. Fair enough. Well, all we have to say on this episode is uh, eat out, but be safe. Yeah, guys, stay safe when you're eating out, and also don't order a well-done steak and then complain it's fucking tiny. Otherwise, you know, you're not even worth the fucking time in your life. Um, what else? Big up, uh, you know, tapas. Big up tapas. Big up snails. Big up Big snails. Up snails. <laughs> Everyone try Peruvian cuisine. Yeah, get into that ceviche. It's going to change your lives. Next week, we're going to be talking about our three biggest regrets, be it, you know, career, personal, spiritual, religious, whatever it is, three biggest regrets. And then, yeah, let us know if you have any of your own good or bad experiences in London, or if you're not in London, big up the new uh, listeners in Ohio. Mm -mm, We know you're there. Big up. Big up. And yeah. Uh, Yeah. Axel? Thank you for coming to the show. Thank Hopefully. you for having me. It was uh, really good. I had a good time. Sure. And yeah, I hope I'll be uh, invited again. Of course. Always, I loved it. Always, always. Always. Uh, yeah. I'll see you next time. Next time. Keep it real. <laughs> keep it real. Let's keep drinking, sorted. All right. <laughs> Ciao. Bye, guys. Bye. Ciao.